For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And good early morning. Welcome to the Northland Sports Page Early Edition. Someday maybe we'll be like the Today Show. We'll have an early edition, a main edition, the later edition. We'll have the, it used to be today, now it's yesterday edition. Yeah, the overnight the edition. Right. For the Vikings, it's a little bit like that because normally games are played on Sunday, perhaps Monday. But they're going Saturday today. That's the reason for our early start. Good morning, Dave Cook. Good morning, sir. Yeah, it'll be an interesting day for the Vikings. Um, you know, they're facing their Aren't old... are they all? They're facing their old... Their preseason starting quarterback, Brian. This right. Tonight. The Jake Browning era in Cincinnati has been going pretty well. The Browning era. He never really got one in Minnesota. He got a preseason cup of coffee, but we'll see if he causes problems for the Vikes today. You know who's pouting today, don't you? I don't. Kyle Slaughter, because Probably. I always felt he was better than And if Jake you ever Browning. check his Twitter account, that's all he ever does anyway. It's going to be a very interesting day. So it is Brian Prudhomme, it is Dave Cook, it is an early show because of yes, Vikings pregame. We go right into it 9 to 11. So for those of you who were listening intently to the show before us, we apologize because we interjected mid-sentence. Yeah, I That's pa- rare for us. I, I love listening to Thor Nystrom when we're talking NFL draft. Sorry, Thor, we cut you off mid-sentence. <laughs> right, and I was excited to cut off Sydney because I thought maybe, although this isn't really a Packer fan idea, maybe he'd be eating a little bit of humble pie this week after what uh, Tommy, don't call me Danny DeVito, did to the Packers on Monday night. Yeah, and right, you mean the day, two days after he said, and my team's back in prime time right long. that's what i meant i wanted to see what the uh, repercussions of that would be but we know our packer fans are that that probably never happened right probably never resonated you're still right you know you're still right we should have been on, on prime time but ah you know we didn't do all that well well and the interesting difficulties with the vikings and the packers is both teams have issues with complementary football and i for one will tell you that complimentary football is probably one of the most overused phrases in sports, but yeah. it makes sense as well. The offense last year was the identity of the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. and the defense couldn't stop you, me, and nine friends. This year, at least the last five or six weeks, it's been completely flipped. The Packers, I'm not going to say they're offensively blessed because they're not, but their defense, what Joe Barry did in the two-minute situation against the Giants should be deemed unacceptable. That was when people say the prevent defense will just prevent you from winning. That was the video they showed. Well, and and terribly not unlike what uh, our defensive coordinator did last year, right? Let's just run the shell and see if anybody can beat us underneath over and over and over right. and over and over. The again. problem is we didn't just run it with two minutes left in the game. We That's ran it the whole ball. game. Yep, the whole time. But how about how about the change of this defense? Like, I mean, I don't know how Flores has looked at nationally. Obviously, right. But, man, he's revered around here now. You can't even say his name without people saying, we got to keep him. Holy right. cow. Well, are you sure he's not nationally revered now as well? Because, I don't know the answer to that. Well, but wait a minute. Did we get a little bit of an inkling to the answer on Thursday night? Because this is a Vikings team that is coming off shutting out, not exactly the vaunted Las Vegas Raiders, but they did shut them out. And then you thought, well, some of that is Vikings talent. Some of that is Raider ineptitude. And you could probably apply the same thing 
Thursday night because the Chargers aren't a good football team. I'm embarrassed to say that in our football preview show, I put them in the Super Bowl. By the way, Brandon Staley now is going to be wishing for a new job this Christmas. He's going to be asking Santa for some employment. But the Chargers offensively, I thought, were still fairly good. The Raiders put up 63 on whatever the Chargers have for a defense. So the Raiders went from 0 to 63, and I'm not talking a car commercial. Ah, very nice. So the Raiders are averaging 31-plus their last couple of games. There's a Flores effect there, though. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's a very astute uh, observation, Brian. Right. Um, but the, uh, the have you ever seen a team quit on their coach like the Chargers did? Well, I'll tell you what. I didn't see Thursday night's game. I was working high school basketball. I came home, and it was still going but already out of hand. Hence why I didn't see it. I didn't turn it on, but I scrolled through social media as I'm so guilty of doing way too often. And I saw this enough times that I thought, well, wait a minute. Am I taking the bait here? Because this can't actually be true because there was a meme circulating that Staley had actually been fired at halftime. And there was enough of them that I was like, wait, I know some franchises do weird things. This didn't really happen. Did it? It might as well have. It might as well have. And there was a lot of people clamoring for that at halftime. But I'll tell you how big the score was. I was getting ready to settle down for the evening. I had the um, Sacramento Kings basketball game on, and the uh, and Sacramento had less than the Raiders at half. No, but oh. their, their announcer broke in and they said, "I don't know if this is real. We're obviously here. We're not watching the game, but apparently the Las Vegas Raiders have scored sixty-three points on San Diego." And the color guy was like, "Oh my God, they're going to have more points than whoever they were playing." Right. Well, and maybe that's the perfect fit because. Again, coming off a shutout, who would have thought the Raiders were going to score in the 60s? Well, Jake Browning for the Bengals has been thrown all over everybody. So maybe crashing to earth is what Brian Flores can do for him. Well, and again, we saw Jake Browning for multiple years. Like, he was here for a while. Right. And nobody. And I mean, and if you say to yourself, yeah, I thought he was a starting NFL quarterback. Like, come on. We watched him for a couple of uh, preseason, with three years, I think. And the guy threw changeups all the time. He, I mean, there was no velocity, right? And uh, he, I mean, if you ran a, if you ran an out route twenty yards down the field, you were crossing your fingers that Browning was going to hit it. And now he's turned into something. We'll see. We'll see. But you know how much this fan base clamors for any type of success because do you remember a preseason where Taylor Heineke, who granted has started elsewhere, dominated, and there were Vikings fans going, "That's our guy. There's our future right there." And most of us that know the game a little bit better, we're going, wait a minute, what? Yep. Case, same thing. But this season also, Josh Dobbs has gone from the next Fran Tarkenton to Spurgeon Wynn-esque in a matter of three weeks. Yeah, 100%. And again, we were talking before the show. At some point, we're going to say, was that Dobbs or was that O'Connell? Or was it us? Because it's the fans that put these pedestals there for players to be on. I understand that you can buy the Dobbs t-shirts, though, that are running around the cities. Actually, they pay you. They pay you to take them now. You you can get them at a discount. And really, it feels like you're ripping Josh Dobbs when we say things like that. And I don't think anybody has anything against Josh Dobbs. If you really take a, you know, 10,000 foot view and look at it. Yes, he played poorly for consecutive weeks. But this is how it should have looked from the start. So I don't know if you can be angry about it. You shrug well, your shoulders and go, this is what you expected. You just got teased first. There's a lot of quadruple-A quarterback yeah. going on in the NFL right now. Right. And, I mean, a triple-A a player comes up, a pitcher, and he throws you know six shutout innings. All of a sudden, he's your number one. 
and it happens in baseball all the time. Right. They we just go back down. We haven't made the Vikings reference to quadruple A, but we made it with the Twins for years. We've yep. always said we've got players that dominate the minors, come up here, and they got nothing. That that might be Josh Dobbs. There's a reason why he started. He's backed up. He's yep. he's been QB three like he is today, but for so many teams in a short time. Yeah, and and that's because he's a heck of a guy. People want him around. He works hard. He does all the things you need to do to be a great pro. He's just not. You know, he's not a great pro. He might be fantastic. He's, he's a great pro. He's not necessarily a great player. Right. Right. And so, I mean, he's a guy that. That is, sounds like an opening topic in the future. Who's a great person that wasn't a great player? And then who's a great player that wasn't a great person? Because all of our franchises the, have had several. Bucket right. Well, you can fill the first bucket. Unfortunately, yes. Um, but he's a guy that the Rock should call and put in charge of, or you know, quarterback an XFL team, or maybe he might turn out to be a great head coach. By the way, smart, professional, loves the game. Well, and if you really want to be dominant and be local, because we like to localize anything, the Harbor Monsters have open tryouts coming up in January. So Josh they, Dobbs, if the Vikings are done by then, which of course we're hoping they're not, come on over. Yeah, we'll welcome you with open arms. Actually, that would be that would be a lot of fun. I mean, it's going to be so interesting. This the the Harbor Monsters. We're just looking forward to doing this. It is going to be fun. We'll see what is dominant for them. Will it be their offense? Will it be their defense? Will it be their special teams? But in most sports, it's you need somebody dominant offensively. You need somebody dominant defensively, and that's the direction we're going to go today with our opening topic. And you might be saying, "Well, wait a minute. That's that's multiple directions." Yes, yes, it is. We're going to talk about offense and defense. And we're going to give you most valuable players on both sides of the proverbial ball or puck on each of the current teams for our men's pro franchises. And then we might, might, because I think it's going to get really difficult, but you say, ah, we'll, we'll be fine. We're we'll good at this. Yep. We might dabble in MVP historically, offensively and defensively for each team. You've always been our ship guider, if you will. Where would you like to start? Well, let's start with the team that's struggling right now, and let's finish with the one that's doing well. So that's a statement where you know you're in a parallel universe because these are words I never thought I would say coming off of you saying, let's start with the team that's struggling. My retort would be, so that's everybody but the Wolves. Where are we starting? Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's uh, also, we're not going to do, we're, do, we're not doing just current. We're doing all four. Well, we are doing each of the four franchises. Oh, let's go Twins. Offensive let's, MVP, defensive MVP of the current yep, roster. Let's go, let's go Twins. And then we're going to maybe dabble historically. So the Twins start it. So for, Smith. so for this one, we're going to the past by a few months because we yes. have to pick offensive yep. and defensive MVP of, of the last season. Yep. Which side are you starting on? Well, I think the defensive part is easy. I think the defensive part is easy as well because, you know, you got nobody at first. You got nobody at second. Royce Lewis played half the year at third. Before that, you didn't have anybody there. And your so, center fielder, when he's available, is excellent. But how often is he available? the question is, was it Michael A. Taylor? And and defensively, I know who you're going with. I'm going to go with Michael A. Taylor. That's that's a really good one because he was really, really good and, and really, important. really needed. Yes. But I think the only reason you know where I'm going, and it is a bit of a low-hanging fruit type answer, yep. but the only reason that Carlos Correa's offensive struggles got tolerated he is you just Kenny. felt good with him at shortstop because of the way that he plays the position. It's yeah. remarkable and he kind of doubled down on it in the postseason. Plus, he hit a little bit in the postseason. Yeah, no, Carlos Correa is the correct answer. But I think last year, if you had looked at it, the most important player uh, was the guy who took over for Buxton. Well, and what you're doing is kind of something that you and I are known for because how many high school all-star games have we worked where the MVP award 
is put on us to choose. And people watch the game and they see the stats and they go, oh, statistical leader, that's going to be the MVP. And you and I will sit there and discuss and go, well, you know, take volleyball, for example. They were down two sets to none, and this girl came in, and she was the juggernaut. She doesn't have the stats, but she turned the She's game the around, yep. and you and I pick stuff like that. Yeah, we do all the time because that's the it's the most valuable player. It's not the best player. Right. Radio is not a visual medium, but if you want to know how Dave and I think, here's the box, and then way over to the right or left, here's Dave and I. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. So the offensive player... The, that was harder because this team wasn't very player, good offensively. No, but I... I there's two guys that come to mind for me, and I'm probably forgetting somebody because I'm not. You can take Royce if you want because he's a second half guy, right? Right. So I'm going to go with either Matt Walner because he kind of simmered down of outfield spot, but I think the answer is Jeffries. I think the answer Ryan is Ryan Jeffers? Is, yes. Okay. I think your answer is your like, catcher. hey, with Jeffries, I loved him with Warren no, Moon. Greg, no, Greg Jeffries. Oh, no, yeah. Um, yes, no. Which I, version? I, I think Royals, Cardinals. I think that uh, our catcher was the offensive MVP because. That was when Vasquez came out and turned out to be a you know a turtle behind home plate. It was like, what are we going to do there? And and Ryan just said, get on my back. I'm playing catcher the whole year, and I'm going to rip. All right. So are you ready to eye roll me super hard? Yes. Because the easy answer is Royce Lewis because he basically played half a season and put up numbers that were equivalent to some good players that played the entire season. Yes. He is the answer. Yeah. However, I'm going to go with Willie oh, Castro. You uh, offensively? Yes, I am. Because the wrinkle that the Twins didn't have for most of the season, early on at least, this isn't necessarily hitting for power or for run production, but it's an offensive category. Willie Castro put the stolen base back in the Minnesota Twins, and he was an X-factor on the base paths. He got on just enough. His offensive numbers, you're going to look at those and go, you you can't possibly yeah, you give that guy about? an offensive MVP. And again, this is way outside the box. But part of my, I'm doing what the gold glove used to be guilty of too. When they gave Don Mattingly gold gloves over Herbeck because Don Mattingly hit 320, that's not part of a gold glove. Part of my offensive MVP for him is he gave you every spot in the lineup that yeah, you wanted. I, I was going to say, I thought you were going to go with Edward Julian. Because no, he's no. the guy that turned well. Well, because no. he can't play defense at all, so I had to give right, him something. Right, but... No, the answer is Royce Lewis. I just Castro's, had an affinity for Willie Castro all year. Castro's closer to the MVP than he is to the offensive MVP. Right. Right. That was my, you got to put him in some sort of conversation. So I'll say that. The the answer is Royce Lewis, but my MVP for the season, even though we're not doing that today, I, is Willie Castro. I think you have to at least make the argument. All right. So let's let's go to the... Uh, you don't want to dabble in Twins history right oh, away? Let's, let, no, we no, can let's do, do that. The, let's do the current stuff first, because I think if you and I get down the rabbit hole of history, we may never get to the present yeah, day yeah, for yeah. other teams. So let's let's go wild. All right. Let's go wild. Ah! Oh, you just wanted me. I thought you just wanted me to go wild. No, score. No, that's the other. That's team. later today. Yeah. All right. So offensively right now, who do you got? This is an interesting conversation because I think we know who the most skilled player is. Yes. But who's doing the most for this team the right off, now? The offensive MVP for this team right now has to be Matt Bolton. Yep. Okay. Um, this is not going to make for great radio because this is going to be one of the ones where I go, okay, I agree. Well, that's because... And I'll tell you what, my runner-up wouldn't even have been Kaprizov either. It actually would have been Marco Rossi. Oh, I forgot about Rossi. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that. It's one and two right there. That'd be interesting. We'll, we'll ask Topher this because that, his his point of view will be an interesting one in this too. Right. Defensively, it's a no-brainer, right? It's Faber. It's Faber. Because he's putting half an hour on the ice. He's and doing Suter-esque minutes now by yep, default. As, as like... 22-year-old well, rookie. Do we have the wrinkle that you have to be active right now? Because 
I think the defensive MVP that's currently on this roster is not available because Evander Kane is a jerk. Because for me, it's no question that the defensive MVP, I think for years prior and hopefully for years to come, is Brodine. But he's not suiting up right now, so Faber gets the nod. Yeah, but also Faber is putting up some historic defensive rookie numbers. So R- Rookie numbers, but just defensive reliability, it, it's Brodine. Yeah, 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 I agree. And and frankly, Brodine gave Faber the gift of being able to get settled, right? Because if he would have come in right away out of the U and said, all right, you're going to play 30 minutes, he'd have been a complete failure. So Brodine gave him the opportunity to put his feet into the sport, right? And now he's good to go. Well, it isn't the overall MVP, John Hines. Jack Adams reincarnate. They're winning again. Yeah. And I'm doing that completely tongue in cheek, but still it, it it does have you at least interested again. Yeah. I mean, we are ready to cut bait with this team until the financial straps come off and let's try it again. It's still a weird team because whatever went on between Billy Garen and we talk about him and his buddies, well, yelling, not so fast. Assistant GM guy, right? He's yelling at people, right? So I don't know what's going on behind closed doors there because I'm not allowed in, but it's it's still an interesting franchise to keep an eye on. You know, we talk about the coach for the Lions about how he's a great front runner, Dan Campbell. Yeah, but if but if stuff goes sideways, you his, think Billy Garen is breaking kneecaps? Well, I think Billy Garen listening now. We haven't seen him have a right patch, right? So we don't know. Well, let's what this let's is cut like. that sentence in half. We haven't seen him as much. Didn't it always seem like Bill Garen was front, always in front of a microphone, always doing radio spots, very very visible? This team has struggled. He's kind of faded back. But even look at, at his playing career. Like, he, you never really saw Billy Guerin on a team that struggled. Right. So I think what we're seeing is something that nobody anticipated, and that's how he works when stuff's going sideways. How does he handle adversity? P.S. Yep. Welcome to Minnesota. That's all we know. Right. But, I mean, yeah, it sounds like he, he may, uh, may not have the greatest bedside manner when they're losing. Yeah, we'll see where this team goes. Again, I like the fact that they're at least interesting because sometimes the, you know, Worst idea behind a team is just to simply not care about them. The Timberwolves struggled with that forever. Do you want to go to them next? They're, they're so much fun. We can, and then we finish with the Vikes. Yeah, because right. they've got a big game today, of course, and we're going I'm, right into their pregame coverage. I am going to go a different direction with this. The offensive MVP for me is Carl Anthony Towns. Well, you can scratch the word different out what? of the direction you're going, because yes, it is. I yes, it is. For sure you're going to take Ant. Well, I put Ant on a plate for Anthony you. Edwards is the best player. Again, you and I are big on the word valuable, not best. Anthony Edwards is 100% the best player. But if Carl Anthony Towns was either out like last season or disinterested like parts of last season, teams can let Anthony Edwards get 30-40 every night and beat the Timberwolves by 15 in the process. This team has two legitimate stars right now, maybe more, because we'll get to my defensive guy, which is an easy choice too. Is it? Yes, and I'll explain why. I think it is. I, I think you're going to go with Jaden, and I'm going to go with the guy that everybody called Herschel Walker a year ago. I'm going to ask you to, so the difference with them without Jaden versus the difference with them without Rudy. So Jaden can go and close out on anybody. Right. Like he makes three-point shooters struggle. Now Rudy makes people not want to drive. Right. So, so I'm going I'm to say something which, in response to that that I hope will make sense to you because you're exactly right. Jaden is the better defender. Rudy is the defensive MVP because Jaden can take you 94 feet and be, you know, in your mug, however you want to call it constantly. And he can guard any position. That's wonderful. But you get by someone, you've got one line of defense left and altering 
blocking, creating just weird shots. Rudy Gobert is back to the Rudy Gobert you thought you were getting. Yeah. Last year, you know, you saw all the warts. This year, you're seeing a lot of the strengths. I, I agree with I agree with you, but I don't think it is a slam dunk. It might be a bunny, but it's not a slam dunk. Well, here's the other part. How much of being a defensive MVP doesn't just involve guarding? Is grabbing a defensive rebound being part of being yeah. a defensive MVP? Because Rudy Gobert, he's very good on the offensive glass, certainly. But... There is no offensive rebounding for the opponent right now because of Rudy Gobert. And there's one there's one ability that Jaden struggles with, and that's Avela because well, he's yeah. falling all the time. Right. Um, the funny thing is, is the second person on almost on both of those two lists legitimately is Ant. Like he's right. the he's they don't win without Cat because Ant's going to throw up. Well, 30. and that's that's why again Anthony Edwards is the best player. We always talk about guys that you know have one giant strength and then their game fades. Anthony Edwards doesn't have a weakness. He really doesn't. He's just not always the best one on the team in said category, which is the greatest part about this team because we we raved about their depth going into the season. Rarely do you and I get prognostications right with the Timberwolves. We really have. So here's a question for you though: Is the best defender? The guy who, with money on the table, five, four, three, two, one, you send out to lock up their best player. And if it is, is it in? Because he's the one that gets the big, the big guy in the when Probably, the crunch time. But I'll tell you what, I would go an entirely different direction with that scenario. I'm not sure because of experience, and now granted, size and position would matter a lot, and it would vary because you know. You're not going to ask the player I'm going to bring up to go shut down LeBron because he'd be giving away seven inches and 50 pounds. But I'm not sure in the clutch, if I don't say, Mike Conley, you're the only guy that's been here before. You go do it. Yeah, that well, the been here before part right. is for sure. Right. For sure. All right, so let's go with the team we're going to roll into here after the show. Let's go with well, the Vikings. This is easily the hardest because... It is easily the hardest. Positionally, it's, it's so different based on role, based on situation, based on injury, because... If you want to start on the offensive side, you could easily say that the offensive MVP were being proven week in and week out how much of an MVP he is. He hasn't been available since Lambeau. How is it not Kirk Cousins unless it has to be an active member of the team? Well, Justin Jefferson, again, is far and away the best player, has barely played this season. Kirk, you could say similarly, but look at how difficult it is for this team to function with what will now be their fourth starting quarterback later today. Right. This is so, yes, but that's true in every team. Right. So the offensive MVP of those available for me plays tight end. Okay. So here's my question. The offensive MVP for me who's active right now plays left tackle. I think without Derrissaw, that whoever's quarterback is under way more pressure. See, I wanted to go that direction too, but what's been part of the problem? It's been quarterback pressure. Dobbs didn't handle it very well. Dobbs is a different court. And first of all, Cousins didn't get hurt by being sacked. He right. got hurt. He and, got hurt by Lambo. Dobbs, Dobbs runs around and as an offensive line who has who's been taught to block for a stationary quarterback, so you set up good pockets and all that. When you got a quarterback that runs around, it's a whole different skill set. I agree. But at the same time, I I don't consider the Las Vegas Raiders to be a dominant defense. I do consider Max Crosby to be very good. But the way that the Raider defense was continually in Dobbs and or Mullen's face, Derrissaw is wonderful, and it's a great call by you. I just couldn't bring myself to hand an offensive MVP to our offensive line this year, even though statistically they've been pretty good. Yeah, and, and notice I didn't say Garrett Bradbury. I think with Christian Derrissaw, if we could create another category that's not most valuable, although 
people will argue, well, this is the same thing. You just worded it differently, probably. But how about most indispensable player? Most important player. Right. Because they're going to be without Brian O'Neill today, and that's tough. Although I'll say Brian O'Neill hasn't had the season we wanted. Right. But he's coming back from that injury. Right. But being without, if I had to choose. Who's playing right tackle today? I I, I bet it's Questenberry, but I'm not sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had to choose which tackle do you want to go without, you'd have to choose O'Neal to be gone over Derisaw. 100%. Because Derisaw, when he's on, just manhandles people. Yep, yep. He is he is the best left tackle we've had since Bryant McKinney. And he's probably the best tackle in the league not named Trent Williams. Yeah, probably. Or if, which, if not, he's in that mix. Which is that the most underrated player? I'm not going to go off tangent here for too long because we don't have a ton of time, but he's probably the most underrated player in the National Football League. And has been. Because... He's in like the Tom Brady age bracket and still playing at Tom Brady like peak at his position. Trent Williams is ridiculous. Yeah, Trent Williams and Jason Peters. They they're about the same age and they just keep playing. So, all right, so defensive player, I have no idea. Like there's three guys who have been excellent, there's 11 guys who've been really good. It could be Hunter, it legitimately could be Pace. The numbers could be Cam Bynum. See, and I'm going to go completely off your page there. All right. I think the stats say Daniel Hunter without question. And I think reputation, if you ask the media, the pundits nationally, it's Daniel Hunter and then whoever else. It's Josh Metellus for me. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I, you know what? You're right. It is Josh Metellus. I, and I didn't I think marveled, about it. I marveled at the graphic they put up on Sunday when the announcers for the Raider Viking game said Josh Metellus has played 12 positions this year. And I went, wait, what? There's there's only 11 guys on the field. Yeah. Did he punt at some point and I missed it? Everybody else does. But, you know, you're right. And and, and I I don't know why I blanked on Metellus. But all the plays that you see these other guys make, Metellus is in the middle of it. Right. So you see the fumble that, you know, everybody's saying, look at Makai Blackman and how much he's improved. Well, if you watch the stuff he does, it's because Metellus did something. Well, and have you seen a pattern in my method of thinking yet? Because if you look at how we started and how we finished this category, and time-wise, we're doing very well. But Josh Metellus is basically my Willie Castro of the Vikings. Pick a position, there he is. Is he wonderful? No. Is he very good? Yes. And this team has had to thrive a little bit on the turnover. Who's the ball hawk? He's not necessarily picking it off, but he's punching it out. Yep. It's Josh Metellus. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue with you. And this team needs a little bit of gusto, a little bit of spirit to it. And who provides that as well? Yeah, he does He does that. He turns games around, with turning, causing turnovers. I mean, he and he just does. He's a missile to the ball. And are we doing a disservice because we mentioned some names, and Harrison Smith never was mentioned. I don't think Smith's having a great year. See, I do, but in a non-statistical way. I think he's the calming factor, him and Flores. I think Harrison Smith is the extension on the field of Brian Flores. Right. Going, hey, kid, you don't know where you're supposed to be. Get over here. Hey, kid, you're not supposed to be there. You're supposed to be there. That'll be a great question for Vinci. I like, I mean, I think that's a question we we need to ask. Right. I mean, because it's been projected that the middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. Are we not sure defensively for the Vikings it's one of 8 million safeties that they use? Yeah, and, and By why? the way, none of which are named Lewis Seen. <laughs> right. Um, but you'd think you'd have the green dot then. But the green dot they're giving to an undrafted rookie. Are you ever going to put the green dot not on a linebacker? I don't. I mean, if you've got that If guy, we had Troy Polamalu, would you give him the green dot? See, I'd, I just I think it goes to a linebacker just because of how much communicating and where you are in the field has to take place. Yeah, that, that part's true because you'd struggle seeing the defensive line. But you're also far enough back that you would see the whole play. Without the catastrophic injury, speaking of green dot, where would you put Jordan Hicks in the equation? Because... The first three weeks of the year, 
I was ready to trade him for an extra bag of footballs. The weeks leading up to the injury, probably one of their best players. Yeah, and then he Wally pipped it. I think that he's going to, I mean, he'll play, but this, the the linebacker who we all follow now is an undrafted rookie from Cincinnati. All right, we have a minute and a half till we go to Dave Hoops. Do you want to even try to guess historically? Just rapid fire style. All right, let's do that. Twins best defensive player that you've ever seen. Let's put the caveat of having seen them. Greg Gagne. I'm going to go Torrey Hunter. Uh, okay, that's a good one. Best offensive player for the Twins you've ever seen. It's Kirby. It's Kirby. All right, so let's go Wolves. Best offensive player you've ever seen. Offensive player. It could be Ricky Avis, but I'm going <laughs> by I'm, default. I am going to he didn't win the defensive award. So I, they've had they've had a lot of struggles over time. And I love to go off because I there's I love to go off the beaten path because I've really followed these guys for a long time. It's either Tony Campbell or J.R. Ryder. I'm going to go Stefan Marbury with oh, how Steph on earth did good. he do that way too often? Defensive MVP. It's Kevin Garnett. Yep, that's easy. And offensively, it probably should be KG as well. But moving on. Wild offensive MVP. Ever? Ever. Uh, it's one. It's, it's, it's probably Gabrick. It is Gabrick. I want to throw Kaprizov in the mix already. Nah, it's go Gabrick. ahead. It's Gabrick because we said offensive. Kaprizov's a better rounded player. Right. Gabrick was your offensive MVP. Defensive, defensive MVP best one is, ever. is hard. It feels weird not to mention a goaltender, but they haven't had one that's been good enough. I'm going to go longevity counts. I'm going to give it to Nick Schultz. Nick Schultz is a good one. Ryan Suter. And I don't like Ryan Suter, but defensive... He sure made the position look easy. Yep. And Don't ask was, the coaches to vote on this. He doesn't get any. Right. Right. That's exactly correct. And then the last one is the Vikings. Offensive MVP of all time. That's really hard. That's a that's a bad one to have last because I debated between two wide receivers. Randy Moss changed the game. Chris Carter was nookie blanky for me. Fran Tarkenton, I didn't see, see him. That's the problem. I didn't see him, so there's that caveat. But Fran Tarkington left the game as the league's all-time leader in everything. Yeah, see, and Fran Tarkington really didn't do anything for me, and I did see him. Um, but he's your franchise guy, right? I I want to say it's Randy Moss. All right, defense. I didn't see him, and the stat didn't exist early enough, but it's probably Alan Page. But for my lifetime, tip of the cap to Chris Dolman or John Randall. Yeah, you're right. It's it's either Page, Eller, or Randall. Right. Eller is the guy that nobody pays attention to and is in the Hall of Fame. Either way, all those guys had what we needed. The Vikings need a win in Cincinnati today. We need Dave Hoops. He's next for the Northland Sports Page. Stick around. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Jerry, baby, that's perfect intro music for our next guest. He's also one of our illustrious sponsors. Dave Hoops of Hoops Brewing is right around the corner. Jerry Ale, as far as I know, is still available. At least I hope so, because I plan to be there later this evening. Certainly did my part in uh, christening it last Saturday. I'll be returning tonight, of course, after the Vikings and after time for two more with Steve Potosha and myself. Dave Hoops, kind enough to sponsor both. We've got great sponsors, Dave Cook. We do, but I'm I'm glad about something. I'm glad that Neil That's Diamond, good. I like to Neil hear you Diamond say that. never did a song called Guava Guava 
or elderberry elderberry. But I wonder if Dave Hoops could pay him to do that because Probably it would could. be awesome. Probably could. Let's start a little with, bit of a syllable challenge. But go ahead. <laughs> let's start. Let's start our our fantastic sponsors out with Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer up here in northeastern Minnesota. Your carrier carrier. Advantage Emblem Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including the locations on London Road in Proctor, in Two Harbors, Blackwater right here downtown, and Tavern on the Hill. We again spent money this week at Tavern on the Hill. I seem to spend a lot of money at Tavern on the Hill. I was going to say I did too. I did it delivery style, but I spent the money as well. How much did delivery cost you? Uh, six bucks, six I believe. Six bucks. Yes. All right. Avenue 45, the Mall Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, Kohler Hyundai, Comfort Systems, Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance, Arola, Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, and the only sponsor that had a first star of the of the Marshall hockey game last night, OAR Holdings. OAR Holdings of Duluth, of course, that's with our buddy Seth Marsalik and Owen Marsalik, a junior member of the decor for Duluth Marshall, was very good last night. Uh bomb bar down great shot i had the perfect view of it from my vantage point as john carlson and i called that game here on the northland fan it was duluth marshall over bagley five to one last night a good time at mars lake view arena again as i said i hope to have a good time tonight at hoops brewing and with that we bring in dave hoops so it's brian prudhomme dave cook dave hoops that's a trio i can get used to anytime thanks for joining us dave once again on the early edition here this morning as we go nine to eleven yeah, it's uh, great. Uh, good morning, guys. Can't wait for the game. Can't wait for the day. It's going to be great. I'm glad you feel that way because that's exactly what I told you as well during the commercial break. I said, you know, I know that we're early, but I'd do anything to get out of the way for the Vikes. We need a victory here. This is a interesting game because it's a battle of backups at the quarterback position, But and I know it's outside the conference, so tiebreakers don't get as heavily weighted, but the Vikings need this. With, with this many games to go being four, everything has vitality to it. Yeah, I, I know you know this, but a win gets them over 80% chance of playoffs and much closer to the divisional win, which with the Broncos win tonight, you know, next week is really going to be important. Um, I think that's a Christmas Eve night against the Lions. It I is. might be wrong. It's a, it's a Christmas yeah, Eve at awesome. noon, so I hope it doesn't ruin my day with family later, but go ahead. Yeah, all I'm saying is, I, I mean, the math says that, uh, you know, a win today pretty much well, I'm not going to say locks it up. I'm just going to say locks it up, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's interesting for the Vikes because I never say anything with full confidence until statistically I can do no wrong. But today would certainly help in the right direction. And the Broncos part, they're the nightcap of a trio of Saturday games today. That is interesting because our next two segments on the show are you, Dave Hoops, and then Topher Davis, who is back in Minnesota. And I'll say this, you two guys are the only reason that I can root for Denver on occasion because two guys that I really struggle to root for are Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. But today, against the Lions, the entire Purple fan base is with you. Congratulations. Well, I know Toph is around, and I know that he and I are totally synced on this. And I'm not rooting for those individuals. I'm rooting for the city of Denver and their history and, you know, the, the mighty orange. And, you know, and I don't like Detroit. And I said at the beginning of the season they weren't going to be all that, although I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm, I'm sticking with it. I was going to say, you stuck to your guns there. And speaking of the mighty orange, radio is not a visual medium, but if it was, Dave Cook is basically looking like a Broncos fan today. He's sporting the mighty orange. Go ahead. It's a. It's very, very hard for me to cheer on any Sean Payton team. Right. Like, you asked about teams. We talked last week about teams that we didn't like. Denver well, almost made the list. Denver almost made the list only because of Sean Payton. Right. 
Right. So in yeah. the Elway Mike Shanahan era, I had no problem. I liked that team up until this year. I liked that team, or last year, I guess. No, this year because last year was Hackett, right? Right. Yeah. So this year is the year I don't like them. Speaking of last year versus this year, I got to go back to Cherry Ale. Big surprise, Dave Hoops, because last year, of course, there was double made out of tribute to your lovely wife, Laura. A little less this year. And as I was joking, but also telling the truth with Dave Cook, I did my part last Saturday to make your supply a little bit less. How are we looking in terms of still being available? Because, again, I'm beelining it down there after time for two more tonight. Oh, it's flying out the door, but it, it's all good. We we had a huge harvest this year. Upwards of 1,200 pounds of cherries provides a lot of juice. So uh, we'll get through um, into the new year for sure. I, I'm predicting the first week of January, but you never know. And also we have the beautiful new um, Christmas labels that Chris Monroe drew, and every everything looks great this year. And so it is the place. In fact, I'm going to segue 16 vendors today, the final makers market. Final Saturday, yeah. A lot. Yeah, that's a big number. Plus, our own um, bartender Dan is playing Christmas tunes on his keyboard today. It's going to be very nice. pleasant down there. Yeah. And I had mentioned actually to some family that will be coming to town for Christmas how festive your place looks. I want to ask you about this, and I hope you don't mind sharing it publicly because I know you guys were open for Thanksgiving. I want to know what your holiday hours are like, because obviously you've got a staff that wants to spend time with their family as well. But I have family that'll be staying at the suites right above you for Christmas. And I said, oh, you're in such a great spot because Hoops Brewing is right there. But what kind of Christmas week hours do you guys have? Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but we only told we close two days per year, period. And, you know, I'm a pretty serious Christmas person and. We just, uh, unfortunately, we Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, every, it's for everybody's family, and right. we just uh, we shut down. But we'll be open, you know, 11 o'clock the day before and 11 o'clock the day after, bright and early. You're doing it right. That's wonderful. And Hoops Brewing is definitely the place to be. Again, Cherry Ale, I'll give testimonials for that all day long. I do have to tell you this, Dave Hoops, because you've talked to John Carlson on this show before, and you've talked to John just in, you know, walks of life in our community John Carlson, until last Saturday, had never tried cherry ale at hoops before. And I did the Marshall game, as I was talking about last night with John. First thing John told me on the ride to Mars Lakeview last night, he said, that cherry ale is so good, I've got to get back for more. So congratulations on making an impact on just about everybody who tries it. Well, it's like, I can't believe somebody hasn't tried it. I can, but, you know, (laughs) Finn's girlfriend has never seen Harry Potter, any of them. And I'm bringing that up because, of course, we watch it during the holidays. And now we've got a 20-year-old girl that can't wait to see Harry Potter, which is 25 years old. Now, I shouldn't compare cherry ale to that, but I'd like to. Well, I would probably enjoy Harry Potter more if I had it with cherry ale in tow, but I digress. Dave Cook... Do you have life-altering questions I, for Dave Hoops I today? I do, but I'm going to throw one in there. To, uh, just all discover. of yours are life-altering, including this one. Well, here's the question. You, know, you said you watch Harry Potter. It's a little bit like when somebody says they watch Lord of the Rings. So does that mean you watch the first one? Do you watch the whole series? Do you add in the Gringrot stuff, the Fantastic Beasts one that just came out? Or, or are you simply Harry Potter 1? I'm Harry Potter all seven, and that's over the, the holidays. So the kids get home next week, and... You know, on a you know, whenever there's time, we go through it, and over the the break, we get all you know the the core seven in, with you know the final being two movies. It's like That's how, how, I how we watch, work it. Like how I watch Die Hard. Like all there you go, your all favorite right. Christmas movie that is Die Hard. Absolutely. All right, I can't wait to see what kind of holiday theme, if any, or did you wait till next week for those that you have in your those questions are, today? Those are next week. All right, here we um, go. All right, so Brian was at the game with me last night at Mars. 
And Landon Wheeler is my new favorite goalie. And not because of his goaltending skills. But Landon Wheeler bops to all the music that I play. In fact, I change my music selection for Marshall games just to get Landon Wheeler to bop. I want to know, gentlemen, when you're in an arena, what's your favorite song to bop to? Oh, I love this question, Dave, because for years I ran the, the scoreboard, you know, and, and they let me run the music at Mars and other places. And the best thing ever was trying to get the, the moms up there dancing. And I, I succeeded, you know, quite a bit. But um, probably it's it's House of Pain is is always a go-to for me. Jump around that I'm just going to go with that one because it works. That's a good one. This is hard because there are so many. I think for me because it's made appearances at East at Scholastica, and those are the two places where I do most of my games. And Dave will like this. For me, it's Timmy Trumpet. It's I was just <laughs> it's where the freaks at. You and I for are sure. Too, that we hang out too. That's much. probably my favorite one, but. But there are a lot that I enjoy. Um, to Dave Hoops, who has had this as an intro music before, because of his San Jose love, we've done Baby Shark. I was caught by a photographer in the Amsoil press box during the high school playoffs dancing to Baby Shark in the press box. So that became one of my favorites by default as well. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uma Thurman is a good one. Yeah. You'll get, I get Landon follow boy never to, goes wrong. Yep, I get, I get him bopping to those. So, yes, no, that was last night. I even sent you a text and I said, all right, for the first period, I'm going to get Landon bopping every single, and I got most of them. Well, my favorite thing was the last song you played before they dropped the puck was the intro to this show and well, looked right at me to make sure I noticed. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so this uh, knee surgery thing that I've got going on, um, it's been the recovery's been a, a tricky. Let's just say that. So um, today I'm spent because I overdid it last week. Guys, what's something that you've discovered in your life that you overdo? <laughs> my shorter list would be things oh. I don't. But go ahead. I like to say it's my my only bad habit I have left. Um, Whatever I spend on streaming services and DirecTV, et cetera, et cetera, so I can watch sports ad nauseum would be some would consider overdoing. So uh, that's my answer. I would never True. accuse you of that because that's the best problem to have because I have it too. But I'm going to go this direction. Since Dave was talking about bad knees to a guy who has them all of his life, I feel like I can fairly do this in return because Dave Cook has had vocal surgery and he's got a prosthetic vocal cord, what have you. So I'm going to talk about vocal problems to a guy who has them basically by default. What I overdo is simply my schedule as a broadcaster, whether it's public address, play-by-play, interviewing 20 people at minimum per day at the day job, (laughs) or or all of the above. There is no time in my weeks that I don't talk very much. In fact, the closest thing, my wife will tell you that, you know, everybody says how loud he is. He comes home and he barely says boo. It's because I got nothing left. This was a small week for me with five games and two shows, the first of which is now, the second of which is after the game. Between August and April, I do probably 200 games. I don't know how many shows, and I don't want to know how many interviews. But there are times where nails on the chalkboard would be something I would hope to even sound like because my voice can't do it anymore. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And and the reason I brought I mean, like, I got you can hear it. I've got nothing in the tank. So... Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting time of the year, and I think there's a lot of people that are, you know, yelling at the radio. It's Christmas season, Dave. We, right, we, everything is overdone well, right now. I'll tell you this: we're not yelling at the radio because you and I are not yelling today. Right, that's a hundred percent. That's the two I got. I had two today. 
All right, those are good questions. My question for Dave Hoops to close is tell everybody what's going on at the brewery here this weekend because there is a lot. Again, it's the last Saturday of the Maker's Market. You've got all the things on the various days of the week. Cherry Ale is available. For me, that's reason enough. If I could get you a marquee, I would do it this time of year just for that. But tell everybody the great reasons to uh, enjoy the brewery here this weekend, especially during the game today. Well, thank you. Um, as I mentioned, the Maker's Market starts at noon at game time, and of course the game will be on, and uh, it's the final. And I mentioned Chris. She's going to be down there. Monroe will be oh, nice. having her prints and, and stuff like that. Um, besides Cherry, we've got our brand-new Fancy Lager, which was um, designed by our uh, our master brewer, Bjorn Erickson. Um, and it's uh, imagine if Grain Belt uh, got supercharged and, and really, really, you know, curled your toes. That's oh, a wow. good reference for that beer. It's really nice. It's not terribly strong. It's just uh, more flavorful. Uh, we also, we, we, it's like, um, like a German sunrise of, of uh, Munich lager, Pilsner, uh, Keller Pilsner, um, and of course the fancy lager besides three fruit beers, blueberry, guava, cherry, and of course the chili pepper ale. So you can't go wrong, really. There's something for everybody besides all the beautiful lights. It's, it's going to be a good day. Yes. Your place is absolutely festive. I still love the two giant Christmas trees that we've got pumping you out with play that funky music because of course the artist there is wild cherry Dave hoops. You might notice that everything I do here for you has a bit of a theme, but I'll tell you this. I'm not doing my job right if I don't ask you for a score prediction. Vikes over Bengals by how much? And go ahead and throw in Broncos-Lions as well. Thank you. I hoped you'd let give me that. So it's going to be 24-16 Vikes this afternoon in an exciting game. Mullins will be solid, a.k.a. Kurt Cousins-like, except maybe not the numbers. And tonight's game, um, the Broncos' D has been just slaying it. 2016 Broncos is the pick. All right, both of those would be great for fans of the Purple. I'm a big fan of you, Dave Hoops. I appreciate it again this Saturday. We will talk next week, believe it or not. By next weekend, we're already just two days away from the big Christmas holiday. Thank you again. Thanks for joining us early. We love you. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Absolutely. You as well. Dave Hoops. He is our cherry ale connoisseur. I'll tell you who else is. Topher Davis. He's the one that turned me on to the whole idea. That's why he's back in town, right? He's back in Minnesota. He's back on the radio next. We're the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Stick around. We'll be right back. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Our next guest will be back where he belongs very shortly. He's almost to the Northland. He'll be joining us from a hotel in St. Paul. That's right. He's back in Minnesota. Mr. Topher Davis will be with us shortly. Topher's been with us basically since the inception of this show. His first time as a co-host was week two. We had a couple sponsors that first year. We have several now. Go ahead, Dave Cook. Absolutely. So let's start with uh, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Comfort Systems of Duluth, Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance, Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holding, Carl's Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC there's authorized that voice, dealer. There's that voice thing we've talked about. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations up on the hill, Tavern on the Hill, 
Blackwater right downtown in Two Harbors, in Proctor and over on London Road, Avenue 45, and the Mount Royal Bottle Shop for the Topher section. Absolutely. Our good buddy, Bob Gustafson, one of many friends we've got affiliated with Mount Royal Bottle Shop, but Bob, probably the one I talk to most often. And quite often you might see a group text between Bob Gustafson, Topher Davis, and myself. But the best part about today is I can hear his voice as well. Topher Davis joins us again from St. Paul, making his way to the Northland. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, fellas. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? What's it like uh, waking up here? This would be the really early edition if you were listening from California, but waking up in Minnesota, seeing supposedly the sunrise, but there's no sun here. I don't know about the metro today. Definitely no sun here right now. It is cloudy and raining in St. Paul as we speak. Uh, Exactly what you picture when you think of Minnesota in December, right? Or uh, Seattle, right? I was going to say, I'll tell you this. This actually looks a little bit more like Minnesota in April, and I'll take it for now. I apologize to the ski enthusiasts or other you know snow-related sports, but I will 100% take this. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Obviously, you know, coming from Southern California, you want to get a little bit of the uh, holiday spirit with the, some snow on the ground and get that northern feel, but um, traveling as well, uh, this is a little more conducive for driving around than uh, a snowstorm in December. It's beginning to look a lot like London. It is a little bit, but if you want to get into the holiday spirit, Topher Davis, how about when you get here and maybe a, a holiday spirit or a holiday brew? Because we were just talking about cherry ale plenty, and I said to Dave during the break, I said, Topher's actually the guy that turned my attention to this. I know you love it, too. Absolutely. Cherry ale is delicious. It's on my list. It's funny. Uh, we were listening to the last segment and Kelly said, we got to make sure to get some of that in Duluth. I said, it's already on the agenda. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> it's been on my agenda ever since I think it was sometime in early November that Dave Hoop said uh, December 9th is when it started. Uh, that date was circled on the calendar a while back. Yeah, it's 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 a delicious uh, beverage. Dave did a fantastic job with it, now, as, as he does with all of his brews. Uh, at Hoops Brewing, but uh, it's a special treat. I'm glad it's only a limited release because it makes it that much more special when you get to have that taste hit your lips. No question about that. Speaking of a special treat, kind of a limited edition type idea, that's our ability to talk to you as well. I wanted to do that today for a multitude of reasons, some of which are actually sports-related. We're going to get to that now. The college football playoff pairings have been released now for a while, and the casuals, in terms of fandom for the sport, are probably excited about the matchups we're going to get because they're going to be pretty good. But then there are also fans of a Florida State team that should be pretty bitter with plenty of reason to be that way, and you fall into that category. Do I dare ask, keeping in mind that the FCC is listening, your thoughts on the playoff release? You know, it's interesting. It's having a nice morning, uh, Brian. Until, uh... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there is your dagger. I just want to keep back your fans happy, yeah. Oh, uh, definitely still salty uh, with the uh, decision-making. It's uh, There's no rational basis for it other than uh, the SEC money infiltrating ESPN and uh, wanting to do anything to get Alabama into the college football playoffs, anything they could do. The best thing that they were doing was that they could have had happen was to uh, have Alabama beat Georgia to try to make them act like they deserve to be there, despite the fact they lost by 10 points at home to a non-conference team this season, but apparently that doesn't matter. That's the interesting part because the reason I've heard most of the time has been strength of schedule that Florida State didn't have, and and I can see that, but there is that 10-point loss. Meanwhile, the Knowles didn't have a loss of any kind. Yeah, the Knowles didn't lose at all, and plus uh, 
let's not forget that uh, Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman Trophy, best player in the country. And who's the only team to hold him to under an 80 uh, quarterback rating? That's Florida State. Who's the only team to sack him four times in a game? That's Florida State. And, oh, yeah, he's from that piddly little conference, the SEC. And they lost to Florida State. Well, you know what's going to be interesting? Because I just think Murphy's Law tells you this is what's going to happen. Alabama's winning the whole I was going to say, yeah. what's going to shut everybody up is Alabama's going to go win it. Uh, yeah, I mean, and Alabama's playing well right now. Let's not dispute that. But I think that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, they should, you know, Either. they didn't earn it throughout the entire season. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's the interesting part. Because anything could happen. I mean... The argument that I've heard from the non-Florida State people is like, well, they'll go beat Georgia. But um, obviously that's the plan. But at the same time, it's not going to be the what same game as it right. would be. Right. Exactly. Because there's already players who are saying, well, I'm going to go play in the Senior Bowl or I'm going to declare and not play. I mean, it's, it's a completely different game than it would have been in a college football playoff scenario. Well, the other argument that you hear is, well, this is the perfect season that you should have had an eight-team playoff. And, and I get that. But where does this end? Because yeah. if that happens, you're just going to have teams 9 and 10 saying, well, we should be in. There, there is seemingly no fix to this kind of argument. There isn't. Well, absolutely there isn't. No, and it's, it's an interesting part. And obviously um, getting this kind of controversy is, is, is of interest. But, uh, um, and next year they go to 12. So, I mean, next year it would be a little different. But again, you're going to have 13 and 14 arguing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Well, a couple 13, 14 but, but teams will be upset. But at that point, you know, they won't have an undefeated at 13 or 14 in a Power 5 conference who is left out. Depends on what South Florida does, right? Although they won't be Power 5. So here's my question, Toph. In two years, um, Florida State could have fixed this. In two years, Matt Rule's rule is going to be in, and the cost of a starting quarterback is going to be $1.2 million, and you take on the scholarship. As As soon as your starting quarterback got hurt, you could have said, hey, Notre Dame, you're not going anywhere. We'll take on Sam Hall's quarter, or we'll take on Sam Hall's scholarship. We'll give you one point two million dollars, and you can have a freshman of your choice. The way college football is going, you could have had a starting quarterback. Yeah, it's interesting the way that that the uh, you know with uh, the money in college football and all that. It's 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 definitely changed the game, and uh, it is interesting. I know I, I agree with you, Dave. Actually, it's 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 becoming too much. I mean, we've already been some rumors of players just kind of toying with the transfer portal as a negotiating tactic to try to get more money from their local NIL deals. And, and the amount of money that's being talked about for uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. saying that he would get paid more to stay at Ohio State than he would on a rookie deal is uh, crazy. Is something pretty – yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's definitely changing the game. I think there needs to be some sort of a national push to try to regulate it. Uh, across the country because it's going to become just a, a mini NFL or for, just turn for it four through. years. Like cut it out yeah, of football yeah. uh, colleges completely. I think that's the weird yeah. part. And I'm glad, Topher, I'm glad you brought that up because you being somebody who, you know, dabbles in the legal field, I'm wondering how long is it going to be until some of these situations are going to end up in courtrooms because money was promised here and here and here and not followed through upon. I think a messy sport could get messier if that's a word that exists in describing college football, but it's certainly heading that direction. Staying on the football field, the other reason I wanted to talk to you today is we just talked to Dave Hoops that the Vikings and Broncos both play today, and that's big news for you too with your fandom mirroring his. And the Vikings beat the Raiders last week, and I said, well, Vegas isn't really a road game because they don't have their own fans. But then the Raiders at home you know, just a few days ago put up 63, so so much for my theory. But two teams playing in that game that I put kind of on the same pedestal. 
They play in a stadium that they don't have their own fans. You were just at SoFi seeing the Broncos. What's it like there? Because L.A. has sports fans, but these L.A. teams don't, in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll tell you this. Uh, SoFi Stadium is the nicest stadium I've ever been into for fan experience. It's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, the, the kind of open air with the roof scenario that they have there in the Southern California weather, uh, it, it's, it's outstanding. And, and yes, I have been to, to U.S. Bank, but uh, uh, SoFi is on another level. It's crazy. Obviously, the money they spent to build that place is something ridiculous, too. But I can also tell you, there were more orange. There was more orange in that stadium, right? Uh, last Just like Sunday there was more purple there in was. Vegas. It's strange. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It was definitely a, a Broncos type home game at SoFi against the Chargers. And I, I know that, I, from what I understand, the Rams draw better than the Chargers do uh, in Southern California, and that might have to do with their uh, previous Los Angeles. Uh, experience. Well, that or a couple years ago, they had a Lombardi trophy. There was that too. <laughs> yeah. And they were better. Yeah. Right. They, they definitely won, won the Super Bowl. So that definitely helps as well. But yeah, it's, it is interesting, right? Um, it, it's, it's nice for fans of the visiting teams that when they come in and uh, they're able to go see them. And, and Southern California has been kind of interesting like that too, because of I remember when I first came down here for law school, they didn't have an NFL team in LA. Right, right. And it was all, everybody had. Some would argue they still don't, but continue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Everyone had their adopted team. So there are, and there's pretty strong NFL fandoms, but there's just from all teams from all over, right? There's a lot of Raiders fans. There's a lot of Cowboys fans. There's a lot of 49ers fans. Right. You have the sports Uh, melting pot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, I think they wait for their teams, and they they stayed strong to their teams too. They're not adopting the locals. We'll see what what happens when a new generation happens. You know, if the teams stay here and kids that grow up watching it change, but we'll see. Isn't Los Angeles though the official the official town of Dodgers, Lakers, and send everybody home? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's, it definitely is a Dodgers and Lakers town, especially uh, after the news of the past week. Yeah, Tyler Glasnow, that's an awesome trade. I got it. Yeah, when they got Glasnow to sign that extension, I think that that definitely put the Dodgers at the top. <laughs> oh, it'll be interesting because Shohei Otani has a contract, although the way it's spelled out, you're a Mets fan, Bobby Bonilla comes to mind. Does. Yeah, it, it is interesting the way they did the deferment. I know that uh, the Bonilla one was a little bit of a, I think it was more of a, a an afterthought to try to buy him out almost a little bit. Say, we for you and you can get out of here. Where this is now on the front end with a player making this move. Uh, it is interesting because the Dodgers don't ever seem like a team that players need to um, help out when it comes to spending money. But with Otani doing that, it's scary to think of what they could be putting on the field. But as we all know, and, and it's interesting to me too, because uh, I mean, everyone's talking about the ticket prices to go see the Dodgers now. And it's like, you realize we could have just driven 20 minutes down the freeway and watched this guy for the last six years, right? It's not like... Right. Uh, it's amazing know. to me how, how one team with LA and their name is so good, and then there's another one. But as I said, you're a Mets fan. You get that picture in New York, too, don't you? Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's definitely that same sort of feel. But, um, you know, it, it'll, be, it, it'll be fun to watch him play again. I mean, hopefully... His arm comes back just for the sake of baseball. I think he's a fun player to watch. Agreed. But I don't think it guarantees anything in base. Obviously, we saw the, look at the World Series this year. Right. The Diamondbacks and the Rangers. P.S. I mean, the Texas Rangers are your defending champions. Exactly right. 
Yeah, nothing's guaranteed in baseball. No question about that. So my last question goes with how you opened our segment here, talking with our good buddy and former or current, depending upon if you listen to the liners for this show, co-host Topher Davis. But my last question is part of what you said to start. It's cloudy and rainy in St. Paul. Is that a description of the current state of the Minnesota Wild as well? Because you and I are having the most fun with every John Hines victory that exists. You and I have the Jack Adams theory going. But this team is banged up. It's also not very good. But the John Hines implementation has at least made it interesting. What do you make of this team? And if you heard the first segment, what did you think of our MVP conversation, at least on that end? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting, um, the, the shift we've kind of seen, right? I mean, obviously... I don't think John Hines is doing anything any too different from what uh, Dean Evison was doing, but maybe sometimes it's the new voice in the room. Sometimes it's the players waking up and realize they just got someone who they liked fired. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation, but they're picking up points now, which is kind of fun to see, right? That is it's, the goal, right? More exciting to, <laughs> exactly. It's kind of more exciting to, to have a team that's, that's being competitive on the field. Um, the off-ice stuff, from this past week. With, it's a weird place uh, to be you know, right now. Is is definitely interesting, especially with so much unknown um, about what really is going on behind the scenes with Billy Garen. But uh, it's, it's fun to watch it happen. Uh, the MVP talk, um, it made sense to me. I mean, I'm definitely an Erickson X guy for this season. I think, yeah. he's I think you were shocked I didn't mention him, didn't you? <laughs> yes, exactly. He definitely is. He's driving the boat for this team, both offensively and defensively. He's the heart and soul kind of guy. So, um, it's it's exciting to see, and hopefully they can maybe rattle off some more wins, I guess. As long as they're winning, might as well keep doing it. I would enjoy that. I'm glad you said drive the boat, because down in the cities, we sure know they can't row it very well these days. Topher Davis, make your way to Duluth. I hope to see you when you do. Great to talk to you today. Nice to talk to you, fellas. Uh, keep having a great show, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.